0: I'm Rob Goodwin, a writer, director, and podcaster, and this is Deep South Humor and Heart. (music) Storms are coming later tonight here in Alabama. The Deep South has been hit pretty hard today. Um, They're in West Alabama right now, and In East Alabama, where I live, we're expecting them to come overnight. Here in the South, we don't really have to worry about earthquakes or mudslides or forest fires or snowstorms, but tornadoes every spring is something that we brace ourselves for. So many towns in my state have been hit over the years, and there are a lot of lives lost through the years. So it is something that we definitely take serious. I do get reminded of being a kid and the precautions that we took. um, We didn't grow up with a basement or with storm shelter nearby. So, and we lived in a mobile home. So my parents did the best they could to protect us. We always um, were put in the hallway and pillows around us and pillows over our heads. And that was pretty much the way we rode out the storm. I, I can remember uh, my mother, though, anytime there was a thunderstorm at all, whether there was when there would be thunder and lightning, the first thing she would say is, y'all unplug everything. And we would go through the house and plug in the TVs and the fans and this and that, um, because she just knew that lightning could run in on the house, so to speak, and cause us uh, to lose some appliances and maybe even our lives. So she was uh, very adamant about that. And I'm sure... A lot of you that are from the South remember uh, that as well about, you know, it was before we had surge protectors and those type things. So we would uh, run through the house unplugging this and unplugging that. My grandmother, she she would sit out on her porch swing and watch it, watch storms head our way. She was just not afraid, of, afraid at all. She always said, the Lord's going to take care of me. And I can remember when there would just be rainstorms or, um, you know, maybe just a regular thunderstorm. She would sit on her porch and sing. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes and it would just drive my mom crazy. Um, granny had a mobile home in this, basically in the same yard with us, just right behind us. And so we were always uh, worried about her and, and looking out for her as well. Speaking of, um, getting in the hallway um that was our practice at school as well we went to um roy webb school which was a a small community elementary school um in the little farming community where i grew up and um they would put us in the hallway and tell us to put a book over our head and we would draw our knees up put our head between our knees and put a book over our head but the it was what was interesting is the floors were all this very slick hardwood, and so you would see kids down the line just sliding on their backside everywhere um, because the floors were so slick. So I I never uh, was able to stay in place, but fortunately we we didn't have any storms that that ever hit the school or even nearby the entire six years that I was in elementary school and when I was in high school we pretty much had the same practice you just went in the hallway and covered your head as best you could but we were we were fortunate we we really were fortunate in the area that I lived in until 2019 when a terrible storm hit the city of Jacksonville and caused a lot of damage to the university um, and the town around us but we're hoping that nothing like that's gonna happen tonight um, we have a weatherman named James Spann. If you're not from Alabama, we do have some international listeners and people from other parts of the country. So James Spann is our, um, our favorite weatherman. And he stays on air whenever there's a storm. And we always say when he takes his suit jacket off and rolls up his sleeves, then he means business. It's it's going to be a tough night. But he's already saying that by the time the storms get to East Alabama that the threat of tornadoes will be reduced. So I'm hoping tonight will go just fine. Um, I'll have a little alarm on my phone to wake me up if there's anything that, uh, comes up that I need to know. But I will tell you one thing that I really remember, uh, during one particular thunderstorm when I was growing up is that the power was out and gracious, the power would go out all the time in our little mobile home. And so mom, she kept a lot of candles. And so she lit a candle, sat it on top of the Tube television, and we were in the kitchen with some other candles, which is on the other end of the mobile home, and we were making sandwiches and stuff like that to have for supper. then all of a sudden my sister goes down the hallway and the living room was like this little built-on room and so she steps down in the living room and she sees a fire where the candle has melted and turned over and it's caught the television on fire and the curtain behind it so she screams and mom runs in there and the first thing she does is send us out of the house she makes us run to granny's house and she tells me to call my uncle thomas and so Mom's in there. She's getting everything she can, beating the fire, um, and the curtain's trying to beat it out. And so I, I run and call uh, my Uncle Thomas, who only lived about three to five minutes up the road. He got there really fast, and he ran in uh, the trailer where my mom was, and the TV was on fire, and she had just about beaten out the fire on the curtains, and he grabbed the TV and just slung it out in the yard and so it kind of it saved our mobile home uh but it sure was scary and i i think i was probably about 10 years old and i really didn't want to leave my mother in there fighting the fire but you know she commanded us to go uh, next door to my grandmother's house. So of course I did that and called my uncle, like she said, and it was a good thing because I think she was wearing down and it was good for him to come in and just pick up the television and throw it out the door. Um, and that saved, saved us, saved our mobile home. So, um, but anyway, um, after storms, you know, it's always gets really beautiful and, um, we, we enjoy spring so much. The storms are just something that comes along with it. So, coming up in the next um, month or so is Easter, and I, I love Easter weekend. I love everything about it—the beauty, the the spiritual aspect of Easter, and the way we all get together. And you, everybody comes to church, and the folks that you don't see at church normally are there. And you know, there are cookouts, and they're just family celebrating together um, the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. Um, when I think about Easter as a kid, um, I think about uh, my Aunt Wormy. Now, her real name is Sylvia McFall, but she has this nickname of Wormy, and her husband gave it to her when they were dating in high school because she's so tiny. And so it just became a name that stuck with her, and we all call her Wormy. Uh, she's still here today, and I'm so blessed to have her, but she is my biological father's sister. And if you've read the book, Porch Swings in Prayer, she's in the book a good bit. If you've read the book, then you know that my biological dad left us when when I was very young, about two years old. And so she really just kept coming around and she filled that void as much as she could. And she did fill the void and much more that my father left. She, um she was just always so special to me and taking care of us and, and just making sure that she stayed in our lives. And so Easter would be a, one of the times that she would come around and always bring me a beautiful Easter basket and, it would always be filled with white chocolate Easter bunnies because she knew that I wasn't really a fan of dark chocolate. And I'm kind of still that way today. I prefer um, vanilla chocolate or white chocolate. Um, I'm not really sure why. Um, I guess it's just to me, it's not as bitter. But my sister now, she's a chocoholic and she always loved chocolate. And so my aunt Wormy would bring her the dark chocolate and bring me the um the white chocolate. So uh, I loved her for not only the gifts that she brought but the affection. She she's always been such an affectionate aunt and she still is today. Um we we never depart each other through text, phone or in person without saying I love you. Uh that's one thing about The South and particularly in my family um, that I'm really grateful for is a lot of people sharing love and and not only through words, but also through actions. Now, speaking of my sister and dark chocolate, my sister's name is Becky. And just so you know, I'm going to burn her on this podcast. <laughs> so I know when she hears this, she's going to say she wants to come on the podcast so she can tell y'all everything about me when I was a kid. And I welcome her to do that. I'm really not going to burn her. I'm just going to roast her a little bit. But she, she did love chocolate. And, and I loved cheese. That was my favorite thing, was just any kind of cheese. Well, Becky couldn't eat chocolate very much because it broke her out. And so my mother forbade her to just go around eating chocolate. Well, excuse me for telling you this, but cheese backed me up to the Mississippi. So mother didn't want me going around eating cheese. So my sister and I would sneak each other. I would sneak her piece of chocolate from granny's house and she would sneak me a piece of cheese from granny's house. Cause granny always kept both. She thought it was ridiculous not to let either of us have what we wanted. So, you know, grandparents still do that today. But so anyway, Becky and I, we would swap that out. And um, that was just our way of taking care of each other. Um, now talking about church so I always got like a little suit or a nice bright shirt and tie to wear for Easter. It was always new clothes. Mom wanted us looking fresh and crisp. Just, I think that people still do that today of all ages, but my sister would get a pretty new dress as well. Now you couldn't pay her today to wear a dress. <laughs> Let me just tell you, you, could not pay her. Um, but she would back then and she, she would always wear her hair curled or up, you know, in a pretty bun on her head or something like that. Mom always dolled her up, um, even though her knees would be skint from, you know, climbing this or being roughhousing this or that. Well, because she was a tomboy. Well. She would get. I remember so many things about church and my sister because she was so mischievous. And I remember this one Easter in particular. Um, we were at church. And so my grandmother sat on one pew, and there was this couple in front of her that were almost my grandmother's age. They were elderly, but not quite as old as my grandmother. And their names were Billy Lee and Eunice. And so. My sister, she loved Eunice because Eunice always gave her chewing gum and just really loved on her. So we got to church and Eunice was sitting by herself that morning on Easter. So Becky goes and sits down next to her on the pew. And of course, you know, Eunice gives her a piece of gum and she's got her arm around her telling her how pretty her dress is and just loving on her. Well, then it comes time the bell rings for, um, Sunday school. So we all have to go to Sunday school. And then by this time, of course, Billy Lee has taken his place on the pew by his wife. So we come out of Sunday school and head back to the pew with my grandmother and Becky just stops at the pew where Billy Lee and Eunice is sitting. She takes her thumb and motions for him to get out of the pew and give her her seat back. And my grandmother just, she turned about 50 shades of red and they, they, everybody around us laughed and, so, and he even, he said, oh, yes, ma'am. And he got up and my grandmother said, Becky, you better get back here. And he said, no, no, I, I want her to sit by Eunice today. And so she plopped down just like there was nothing rude about that at all. But I'll never forget her taking that little thumb and just going move with it. So that was pretty fun. She was mischievous. All right. Um, and when we would sing songs, when we would sing songs during the service, she obviously wouldn't get a songbook or couldn't, times when she couldn't even read, when she was too young to read, she would try to sing Dukes of Hazard while we were singing hymns. And my grandmother would pinch her, and then she would yell out, why are you pinching me? I, I I was very controlled because I was scared of my grandmother and my parents because if you misbehaved in church, you really got a whipping when you got home. But not Becky. She was so mischievous and so strong-willed that it never really seemed to bother her. Um, I'll tell you another thing, and I think I probably talked about this on another podcast, but I'll tell it again anyway because it's so funny. But she, um, another time in church, and this would have been... Um, this would have been around 1980, maybe 81. And it was probably in June because the TV season was over. And it was, um, you know, the end of a season. So the regular TV shows weren't running during the summer. And she was on the pew one day and she was coloring. Um, during the sermon, uh, Granny always did that to keep her occupied, so she wasn't wiggling around and that kind of thing. And the preacher, we had a visiting preacher, and he was just fire and brimstone, and he was just up there just hollering and pounding the the uh, podium. And he said, um, "You got to know the word of God. I mean, you got to know the word of God. I know the word of God. I know all of it. I know everything." And when he said that, my sister yelled out, Yeah, well do you know who shot JR? And of course, people erupted in laughter, all except for my grandmother. Well, people begged my grandmother not to tell on Becky, but it was it was too late. She was she was bent and determined that she was gonna correct that behavior. So of course she went home and told my parents. But oh she embarrassed me quite a few times in church as well, but that's just that's just how she was. I love her so much. Um, she she just was really mischievous um, as a child. And I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet telling you just how mischievous she was. Um, we I have to tell you about this one Christmas. Um, Mom and Dad usually um, got us the same thing for Christmas, regardless of the fact that we were five years apart. So if I got you know, a bicycle, she got a bicycle, she got a tricycle or, you know, something like that. So one year, I think I was probably 10 and Becky would have been around five and we got BB guns. I mean, BB guns were the popular thing back then and people just, all of our friends and cousins were getting the BB guns. And so it was important that we had them as well. And so, we got BB guns, and my, the rule was um, I could play with mine, but my sister could only play with hers when dad was with her. And we basically shot at cans. There was no shooting at the dogs, you know, or the cats, or um, even trying to shoot at a bird or a squirrel. We were supposed to only shoot at cans that we lined up, or, you know, shoot at the big trash can or something like that. So that's all we could do. Well, my sister had a special relationship with my dad. Let me just let me get off topic and tell you that a little bit. I mean, she had him wrapped around her finger at all times. And one particular thing about that relationship is he worked second shift. And so my mom worked third shift. So she would be in the bed during the day um, while we were at school or in the summer while we were with granny. She would sleep, and my dad worked second shift, so he would go in at like two o'clock. Well, he, Becky was so obsessed with our dad, our my stepdad, and her dad that she would make him ride her around. He had to ride her in a car from Granny's house around the road to our front driveway and up the road and back down the road. She wouldn't let him leave for work until he did that every single day. And when I say wouldn't let him, he he just obliged whatever it was that she wanted. And then she would refuse to get out of the car. She would hold on to the seat and the door handles and wouldn't get out. And Granny would have to get her a switch and go out there and say, Becky, you're going to make him late. You're going to make him late for work. And she would have to twitch her legs and get her out of the car. So Becky had this special relationship with our dad. Um, and just, you know, was like I said, she was just really close to him. Well, one day she decided not to follow the rules with the BB gun. And he had gotten, he had told her that he didn't have time for her to go shoot the BB gun or something like that. And that he didn't have time and it really ticked her off. And so she goes in the closet and gets the BB gun and hides it. um, Since he wouldn't go with her and do it. So he's in the bedroom, and he's on the phone with his brother, Kenny. He was really close to his brother, Kenny. And so they're talking on the phone and, you know, just kind of shooting the breeze and catching up. Well, Becky is on the other side of the king-size bed down in the floor, and she's got that gun underneath the bed. Well, she pulls it out and cocks it, and Dad's over there on the phone. He doesn't hear it. She lays that BB gun across the bed and shoots him twice right under the arm. And he hollers. He do not know what's been hit him at first. And then he looks over there and sees her just busting out laughing because she shot him twice with the BB gun. So, of course, he gets off the phone and here comes Mama running and she got quite the spanking. And I'm pretty sure that it was months and months before either of us got to play with the BB guns again. Now that wasn't the only time that she decided to um take somebody out with a BB gun. I remember she and I would we'd fight a lot, we'd fight and make up, fight and make up. And this one time I decided I was gonna get her back for something. So and we were forever boiling weenies on the stove that's just that's how we cooked hot dogs when i was growing up as mama would boil them so mama had boiled hot dogs and we had had hot dogs for lunch that day and so on top of the stove was weenie water you know or the water that you boiled the weenies in so i took an ice tray and i poured the weenie water in it and stuck it up in the fridge we love making kool-aid popsicles so, my my sister had done something to me, and so I, I let it go, you know, long enough for the Winnie water to freeze. And that she was probably three or four at this time. I know she's not even going to remember it. She might though. No, she was no, she had to be about five, I guess. But anyway, later when it froze, I took it outside and I said, "Hey, I made some popsicles. You want one?" Well, here she come running. And I gave her a popsicle, gave her one of the cubes, and she walked away sucking on it. She turned around and said, oh, what this tastes horrible. What is this? And I said, weenie water. And then I took off running. <laughs> well, you know what she did? She goes in the house. She gets the BB gun, and she's chasing me, and I'm running from her, and pow, she hits me in the back with a BB gun. Well, that was it. The BB guns were gone after that point. So, no more BB guns from her. Now, we um we uh we we loved our summers because we got to spend time with Granny and we got to Granny had an air conditioner um to keep her trailer cool, and we didn't have one. We just used fans in the window. So, we stayed uh, all day out at my grandmother's or in our swimming pool just to keep cool during the summer um, and that was just what we loved to do and we would spend hours and hours in the in the swimming pool staying cool um, it was just you know what we did so but I, I love my sister we have a um we have a good relationship now. We've, we've been rocky at times, just like we were when we kid, were kids, but we always make up, and I, I love her. I'll tell you that she is the absolute hardest working person that I've ever met. She cares about everybody, and she is so charitable. Um, she does so much for so many people, and not only does she work hard, but she works for humanity as well and i love her and respect her very much so if you see her if you know becky and you happen to encounter well you can tell her about the podcast but make sure you tell her that i said good things about her in the end Well, once again, I've kept you a while, and I appreciate you listening to the podcast. So much more to come uh, this spring and summer with the podcast. I'm really excited to be doing it again, and I hope that um, you all will listen to Deep South Humor and Heart.